You're listening to Cast, Season 6, Episode 16, And Then There Were None. In search of the Mother of All's latest monster, the Winchesters and Bobby run into Samuel and Gwen and fight about how to handle the case. I am one of your newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room with, uh, in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife, Darcy. thought you forgot who I was. <laughs> I forgot where I was. <laughs> the where. I had to get the where. and the then the where, where, not the who. Okay. All right. Hi. And we're also joined uh, by our experts down in Texas. We've got Annie. Hello. And John. Greetings. Who you heard at the top of the show. Uh, Yvette is, once again, not quite... Uh, up to being with us, but she'll be back with us soon, I'm sure. And we also have our guest back, uh, return return guest, Bianca. Hi. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Thank you for having me. And uh, with, with the uh, frequency of episodes that we're recording, it's uh, it was further back for, for uh, people that are listening, but it was just last week. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yes. Crazy. Time so, uh, but, but glad to have you back. Uh, the episode we're working on is And Then There Were None, and I, uh, life, man, I just don't have time to, to, to sit down and watch and transcribe everything, so. You don't, uh, and that's, everybody knows, nobody's, nobody's judging you, Paul. We're borrowing from SupernaturalWiki.com, which I, I always credit. I was just gonna say, you credit them every time, so there's nothing wrong with that. No plagiarism. I mean, if they, well, I mean, if they wanted, I mean, it's a wiki, so it's kind of open source anyway, but if yep. they wanted to say that they, that we shouldn't do it anymore, I'd, I'd have to not do it anymore. I don't think there's a whole lot of people that would have an issue with okay. that. Okay, well, good. I'm glad you think. I'm glad you think that. Uh, so I'll get started. This is uh, this is one where they they totally skip and then fold the uh, cold open into the rest of the summary. So, but it starts with the trucker and uh, the the mother of all uh, intercepting him and her name being Eve. Eve, yes. And uh, she. Asks the trucker for a ride, but then ends up uh, doing something to his ear, and he ends up killing his wife in the cold open. That's all in the cold open. Yeah, just, with a hammer. With a hammer. With a hammer. Yeah. When I was growing up in Aurora, everybody was afraid of, and this is this. I'm not. This is not funny at all. Okay. The Hammer Man, because there, you know, it was um, out in the nice suburban part of Aurora. Mm-hmm. There was a family that they were all bludgeoned by some person with a hammer, like all four of them dead, just, and there's like, nobody had anything against this family, nobody stole anything from this family, it just happened. It was very creepy. So, for the longest time when I was growing up, everybody was afraid of the hammer man. The hammer man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not, not hammer not pants. That's not, yeah. Not hammer was... time. Hammer man. People are maybe afraid of hammer pants now. Why? Why would you be afraid? Oh, because you could trip. 
Okay. While you're doing the Running Man, if I you could if I remember correctly, there's there's a there's a villain in a Mega Man game called Hammer Man. Is there? So that's what that's that's what I was thinking of. Oh. This would predate uh, Mega Man, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so it's been like eighty. Maybe Damn, I thought I had cracked the case. All right, moving on. Yeah, that's <laughs> a long time ago. All right. Uh, so th- that, that, that part was not in the summary, but I'll uh, read the summary now. Bobby tells Sam and Dean about the numerous reports of monster activity that he's been getting from other hunters. All the monsters seem to be springing up along I-80, leading to Sandusky, Ohio, where Rick, a trucker for Starlight Cannery, recently murdered his whole family with a hammer. I thought that guy was a good little bit actor. Yeah. I felt bad for him. Yeah, I think I've seen him before, and I can't remember what. But, uh, yeah, he was very good. I did feel sad. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, there was kind of no reason for them to doubt him, which I feel like other episodes they might be like, how can we tell this guy is lying? Like, Who knows what creeps are up in there? But they just sort of believe him because he's so pitiful. Bobby, Sam, and Dean go to question the man, but he has no memory of the event. His last memory is of a young woman asking him for a ride at a gas station. At the police station, they watch the footage from the gas station's security camera, and they see the young woman. Static runs across the screen, obscuring most of her face, but what they can see looks like a monster, and Bobby speculates that they're dealing with the mother of all. I've got to say, Bobby posing as FBI was well-dressed. Yeah, he looked good in that coat. He did. With his hair Is that the first time that Bobby's worked alongside them like that? It might be, or at least uh, as 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 posting posing as FBI. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not recalling any pre, any uh, precedent for that. Because I was usually, surprised to see him there. I was like, oh. usually he's just on the phone. On phones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I was um, watching Sister Act recently, and he has a small part in Sister Act where he's one of the detectives who's uh, like, Oh yeah. Put her (laughs) in witness protection. And I lost it. I was like, that is Bobby Singer. And he's kind of basically dressed like what he's got on in this episode. So I'll have to look that up sometime. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, he's young in it too. So I haven't watched that in probably like 15 years. So, yeah, it's pretty quick. He's only in like maybe three scenes or something, but he's there. Yeah, he's watch. been in a lot of stuff over the years. I, I believe they uh, they mentioned it sometime. I think last season that he was uh, he was on Dallas for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Which I'd love to see. I haven't looked up yet, but I'd love to see some of that mm-hmm. a little bit. He's also in uh, Breaking Bad a couple of times. Cool. As a gun salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dapper official, Bobby. While they're at the police station, a call comes in that a man has gone postal at the Starlight Cannery. And Bobby goes along with the responders while Sam and Dean stay behind. At the cannery, Bobby runs into Rufus, who is on the same case, and learns that a worker came to the cannery with a hunting rifle and killed six others before being shot by police. I love that they're both wearing the same coat, just different colors. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It's it's the same design and everything. Yeah, I was, I tensed up because I was afraid that Rufus was going to call fake Bobby by his wrong name. But oh. I guess he's he's Agent Willis a lot because he didn't miss a beat. 
They know what they're doing. They have they have a system, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus partners up with him and they go to the morgue where they examine the man's body. They find black ooze in one of his ears, but it isn't ectoplasm, and they're stumped as to the cause. Oh, I just remembered that uh, that that's the name Bobby uses when he answers the phone as the as the as the FBI guy. Okay. Uh, Willis. He's, a, he's Agent Willis. Yeah. Okay, so I guess he just sticks to it instead of mm-hmm. hopping around like the. He's created an entire character for that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think sometimes he's an assistant director mm-hmm. or a director. You know, he's, he's someone higher up. Right. Yeah. But still Willis. Yes. But you see him in the field. He's Agent Willis, obviously. So you just call him that. <laughs> They decide to investigate the cannery, and all four men break in at night. There, they encounter Samuel and Gwen Campbell, who are on the same case. It's more Campbells. I think Yvette's going to rate it low. <laughs> she's, she's actually, not- actually, no, she might rate it higher because of what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she might like that part. Yeah, I know when I you did. said that she wasn't going to be here for this episode, I was like, ah. <laughs> This may not be a this may not be a, a cluster episode for for a couple of reasons, especially as the uh, the the large number of character turnover, <laughs> or uh, you know, it's not as bad as Hamlet, right? There you go. <laughs> At least it's not everyone. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> Dean wants to kill Samuel as he promised he would in Cage Teat, but Sam persuades him that Samuel might be useful in the hunt. Dean leaves angry, and Samuel reveals to the others that the case they're involved, uh, they're on involves the mother of all, also known as Eve, and that she is the creator of all the monsters that they hunt. Mm. As they talk, Bobby mentions Samuel's betrayal of Sam and Dean, and Gwen is shocked and leaves to talk to Dean. She tells Dean that she didn't know about Samuel betraying Sam and Dean to Crowley, and Dean shoots her. Out of nowhere. Poor Gwen. She was the only decent Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> the only one I didn't totally hate. She's yeah. trying to say, I didn't know, and gosh, forgive me, and... Yeah. She, she was one of the only ones left, though, so I mean... <laughs> there you go. Well, you can tell, too, that, like, she was prepared to, like, be on Sam and Dean's side in, in that that matter you know regardless regardless of who samuel was you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh the others rush into the room and find gwen dying they assume that dean has been infected like the other two men who went postal and they search for him yeah i mean i think mainly the reason they think that is because dean's nowhere to be found Mm -hmm. you know otherwise they might not assume that but they assume that because he shot her and disappeared When they find Dean, he tells them that something worm-like crawled out of his ear. They dub the creature the Conworm, and together the hunters try and work out a way to find and kill it. Okay. Okay, you nitpick. Tell us. If something was crawling in your ear, in your brain, it would perforate your eardrum, which is excruciating, I would just like to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, even if even if that didn't happen, like I, me personally, I can't speak for anyone else, but I would notice something crawling in my ear, especially something like that, and especially something that leaves a a, a gooey like discharge. Oh. Although apparently, it's like I w- I wouldn't have to like I was like oh check for goo. No, I would just know. Yeah, there's 
or gunk in my ear. Come on. <laughs> and apparently it learned not to leave goo behind afterward. I know. So. Which, how do you, what? <laughs> well, it decided to quit secreting. It just made that yeah. up its mind. I like, it, it could just choose not to do that. That's like, right. That's right. Well, Maybe it only does it on the way out. It blew its nose or something. It's, Who well, it said, it's, it said to them that, it, that it's something that they'd never encountered before, and it's probably because it was, it was probably, you know, able to evolve itself. I know that's not how evolution works. Don't, don't write into the show. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still, you know, still becoming what it is. Adapting, forming yeah. itself, adapting it to uh, yeah the situations. I mean, even like with if it like had like lidocaine venom or something, still it would be excruciating. Mm. There's no way. No way. No way. And they'd all be walking around like, huh? What? <laughs> huh? What did you say? Like me. My other ear. They'd sound like me. <laughs> Bobby has given has Bobby has them give up their guns and locks them in a locker. When Samuel leaves the room, Sam and Dean follow and confront him about what happened with Crowley, but Samuel is not apologetic. He then pulls an extra gun he had hidden, because as, as they were pulling all their guns and putting them in the bag, Darcy was like, oh, come on, they don't have just one gun. No, buddy, they're just packing one. Someone's got an ankle <laughs> holster, <laughs> something down the, the back of their pants, something. Yeah. Yeah, see, it's got to be like one of those comedy... One of those moments they play for comedy and other other t- television shows where they're like, give, right. give me all your weapons. Okay, now all of them. Okay, now give yeah. me the rest. the rest. Yeah. But they weren't playing this one for comedy, so I suppose. Uh, Samuel pulls the extra gun he had hidden and tries to shoot them as he is infected with the worm. They stop him and he escapes. Eventually, Sam finds and confronts him alone. Samuel says he will tell Sam about the things he did without a soul, but he advances on Sam and Sam is forced to shoot him. When the others find them, they are uncertain whether the worm was in Samuel or whether it is in Sam, so they tie Sam up and resolve to cut Samuel's head open and check for the con worm. Did you what 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 did you guys think when uh, when like all of a sudden boom Samuel is dead? I was like, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. Well, I, mean, I was really proud of Sam for firing. Yeah. They they can for tie, not taking the chance. They can tie up. Sorry. Some, they can tie up some loose ends because I mean, he doesn't have a deal with Crowley anymore because Crowley doesn't exist anymore. Right. So, you know, he's not got a deal with anybody any longer. So what's is? But like, were you were you lulled into a false sense of security with Gwen's death? Like, okay, yeah, like there's the there's per, the, there's the death. There, there's the character death that we've had. So now you know everyone else is going to be fine. But yeah, not only do they kill. Uh, Samuel, they kill Rufus too. Yeah. Mm. We still have some slight time with him, John. Not yet. Yay. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> the summary, <laughs> the episode summary isn't over. Right. We haven't gotten to the part where he's no more. Sam and Dean leave the room, and as Rufus and Bobby prepare to cut open Samuel's skull, they discuss an unfortunate hunt they were on together in Omaha. It can be inferred that Bobby messed up on the hunt and caused the death of someone that Rufus cared for. And Rufus says he'll never forgive Bobby for what happened. When they begin cutting into Samuel's skull, the conworm animates Samuel's dead body and attacks them. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> 
Again, neither was I. I haven't rewatched this episode in a while, so although, everything was like brand new. <laughs> although I, I, I did, uh, I did note that they uh, pointed out, "Hey, this is all frayed up. You're gonna get, you're gonna get electrocuted if you're not careful." When they when he pulled out the saw and it was frayed, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be important later." <laughs> Samuel is electrocuted during the struggle, and the worm leaves his body and then infects Bobby who then stabs and kills Rufus while possessed. Well, that was quick. <sighs> no more Captain Fuller. Bye, Rufus. No more Mr. X. I loved Rufus. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked at this, too. I was like, God, I know I've seen this episode multiple times, but I was genuinely sad when that happened. I was like, oh, no. So, yeah, I might as well be a newbie for this one somehow. <laughs> Sam and Dean overpower Bobby and tie him up. They electrocute him as they question the con worm inside him, and they learn the worm is a new creation that Eve cooked up to lead them to Sandusky. She has a message for them that the worm relates. She's pissed, she's here, and there's nothing going to be nothing but pain for you for here on in. Sam and Dean tape over Bobby's ears and electrocute him until the worm slithers out of his ear and dies. Can I just say... Are you going to say it? <laughs> this performance by Jim Beaver was so creepy. Yeah, that monster voice was terrifying. And, and just were, and his his body language, like the way he moved his head. Yeah, his head. His yeah. face, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. It was all just performance. It wasn't they weren't modulating his voice or anything like that. After the creature is killed, Bobby, Sam, and Dean bury Rufus, uh, which which they actually you know they they play the they play the the we're not sure who's dead card. The Cordelia Cordelia Chase fake. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was so mean. <laughs> Sam and Dean by a gravesite. Whose is it? As cremation is not undertaken in the Jewish tradition, Rufus is buried in what is obviously a Jewish cemetery, rather than given a hunter's funeral pyre. Bobby pours some of Rufus's favorite drink, Johnny Walker Blue Label, on the grave before taking a drink himself. And that's the end of the summary. Oh, well, they left out the, the DNM, as iZombie would call it, the deep and meaningful there at the, at the grave site, that the three of them have that discussion of, you know, forgiveness and... Right. Yeah, they kind of glossed over the Omaha thing and... Yeah. Yeah, that was so tragic. And I've you know seen this episode a bunch of times, but still, at that final shot of, like, Bobby's face, uh, and, and he's just left with all this unanswered regret and grief and, you know, things that he'll never be forgiven for. And he said so much, which is just an expression or two and i was just like okay you're making me cry again yep <laughs> yep yeah, and a loss of a great character too yeah all right um we can who won sam versus dean I'm on the fence. This yeah, I'm a little hard. on the fence. I'm trying to figure out who who did what and what was. Uh, I mean, Sam. Uh, I, I would say Sam for two reasons. Uh, one, uh, he got to kill Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, 
uh, did Sam never never get? Yeah, I was uh, gonna say Sam didn't ever actually possessed. get infected. Yeah, so yay. Yeah, I was, I, was, oh. I, was, I was gonna say that about Sam too. I was like, I think he never got never got uh, the worm, so I'd say he won just on that fact. Yeah, I figured since like since they had already done this whole you know Sam being possessed in a weird way in that like he didn't have his soul they probably didn't want to do that to him again especially yeah. so soon so unless like let's have some, him yeah, be the one that knocked it infected some way to make that part of the story or make it a parallel that they could use and they decided they really couldn't use it right I'll have to agree with you on that then that Sam wins I was thinking like maybe he wins from at the end when Dean says you know it doesn't matter what you've done like I'll always forgive you. Yeah, you know you have a clean slate. So I was yeah, thinking, like, that's a nice gift for Sam to have, especially since he he really doesn't know, like, what was going on while he was possessed. So. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. I mean, I know that uh, I know that he knows by word of mouth from from Dean what happened, but I'm curious whether he's going to have regret. I mean, over shooting his grandfather in the head in the future if that's just going to be the storyline that goes past. I would imagine these guys like are walking poster boys for for regret and yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can't imagine that they're not. I mean, well, they, they've, often, they've often talked many times before about how the life of a hunter is often filled with, with regret and yeah. loneliness and so I'm know. wondering whether it's actually going to uh, you know come up or whether it's just going to disappear at this point. That's something I'm interested in knowing, and that you can't tell me about. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I'm going to be a little bit contrary here. I have um, in my winner notes. I have Bobby, and then fine Sam for capping Grandpa. But I think I, I actually just changed my mind at the last minute. Um, because you know, going going back to the whole final conversation of the episode, and Dean um, saying, you know what, no, you know, everything is forgiven. Basically, shit happens, and it doesn't go the way we want it to all the time, and we we can't predict, you know, how we're going to react. I think I'm putting an awful lot of words in Dean's mouth, but you know that whole conversation. <laughs> sure. Um, and I I was looking back over my you know, notes for the episode. And I, I took note of, there's a moment where, uh, immediately after, uh, Sam has shot Samuel and Dean and Bobby come running in. And, uh, there, there's a very clear moment where Dean is, he's looking at Sam and he doesn't know whether he trusts him or not. Uh, and I think part of that is, you know, it does, is he infected with the sit? the you know con worm and part of it is just it's still too soon from like sam being you know pretending through an awful lot of stuff so at the end of the episode when he when he gives that little speech and has that conversation and says you know what i'm i'm choosing to trust i'm choosing to to put my faith in my family um I, i think that that means he's made a conscious decision to try to do that and so for winner i'm gonna go with dean so Dean wins for emotional growth. Yeah, yeah, for for you know doing a little bit of traveling in that episode and choosing to to trust his brother. True, that is kind of a feat for the Winchesters. 
got a little deeper there than I meant it to. Sure. Well, it creeps up on you in this show sometimes. (laughs) Well, I think that uh, whatever the math works out, uh, whether whatever Yvette does, I think the math works out that it'll end up being Sam. Yes, (laughs) and that's fine. Uh, So now it's open for quotes. If anybody, uh, Bianca, if you want to go first, you have the uh, the uh, the floor for that as the guest. I have a couple. Um, the first one I wrote down, I'll go with, is that feeling inside. It's really a hunger for him, which is what the trucker says to Eve at the oh, very right. beginning of the episode. <laughs> okay. Made me crack up right out the gate, so. I don't have any personally, and I know Darcy doesn't. Nope. Oh. Uh, I'll go. I'll go with, uh, okay, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to go ahead and call this one. (laughs) (laughs) Annie, do you have any? I've got a few. Um, I'll go with, uh, since when do you have a pacemaker? Since Bush Jr., term one. (laughs) (laughs) I have that one written down, too. I also have... This can't be my afterlife because the three of you are here. <laughs> Bobby, you got a cranial saw in the car? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I also laughed at Dean, Sam, Dean, Sam, just because it's just so, so typical. I haven't watched a couple of episodes in a row of Supernatural in a long time and <laughs> It's just like <laughs> so classic. It made me laugh. That also that reminds me of that scene in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when uh, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are they're tied up together back to back, and they're just they're trying to it's like, Dad, what? Dad, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of laughs in this episode. No, yeah. No. Not really. I still think this is a fun episode, though, especially since season six is kind of not the best. Um, It's okay. You can say it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're all thinking it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I had said before on the new Terry, like, um, I'm very new to Supernatural. Like, I only started watching January of last year, so I don't have the really deep sort of fandom attachments that a lot of people have had for watching this show for like literally 10 years. Um, so I can, I can take a lot more, I think with a grain of salt, but, um, I did end up sticking through it. You know, sometimes I had episodes on in the background because you don't need to pay that much attention, but there are fun ones like this episode that come up and then, you know, down the line, they sort of, uh, return back to some classic mythology mm-hmm. that really hooked you into the show in the beginning, and you'll definitely be rewarded with um, staying around for that season's down the line. Um, but yeah, I jumped on this episode because I was like, this is a fun sort of mystery. It's a different setup in the episode of like, is it you? Is it you? And, you know, there's the surprise drama if you'd like you can segue that into your rating because we don't actually have any feedback so we're up to the rating section oh okay um 
why not? I think for all the reasons that I've just given, yeah, um, that this is a, a nice sort of breath of fresh air in a season that is a little bit tumultuous in terms of quality. <laughs> um, I will give this eight out of 10 unwanted grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> I love this episode so hard because it just, the John Carpenter's the thing is one of my, well, is actually my favorite uh, horror film. Yeah, I was thinking. And, about, I was thinking about you and thinking about the thing when we when we watched it. Yeah, and and I just I love I love self-contained locked room drama mysteries and and yeah. you know Agatha Christie and 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 you know bottle episodes, and this has this is all of that in forty-two minutes, and it's it's it keeps you guessing, and it's also really tragic. Uh, and heartbreaking. It's a great episode, and and that's really saying something, considering where we are uh, in season six. So I'm going to give this one ten out of ten herpes. Ooh, pretty good, pretty good. You know, it was it was pretty good. I thought it was you know it was it was meaty. It it, yeah. it it got us somewhere. It tied some stuff up for us. So I'm going to give it uh, seven out of ten Rick rolls. <laughs> earworms. Earworms. Got it. Okay. Funny. I'm gonna give you up. Very funny. Uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot. I thought that I, I uh, it felt a little bit like pushing a little bit of a reset button in terms of Samuel and everything. But uh, but hey, any of these people could come back at any time. Uh, maybe not as a permanent character. But hey, Samuel's been been uh, Samuel had been dead for years and he came back. So. Uh, so uh, you know, that on supernatural, you can't necessarily count count on that. But uh, I, I feel like they, I feel like it has, I feel like Rufus's passing has meaning. I don't think they're gonna, they're gonna uh, pull him right back out of the grave anytime soon. Um, it really felt final, and it, it felt like uh, Samuel and Gwen had had some meaning uh, at the end of their story here as well. So I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Um, Frayed wires, because it couldn't come up with anything funnier. <laughs> um, okay, I, I I like this episode, um, but I don't actually really like any of the you know plot elements of the episode. I mean, they're they're okay, but what really strikes me about this one is the um, the family elements and the the different people who are identified at different points as family and how. You know, all of the official blood-related family are—they don't really fit the the definition that the show has, you know, provided, and that Buffy provided. Um, Bobby has a, a one of his most famous character quotes from season three is that family don't end with blood, and uh, it seems like the you know the Winchester family members who are there in this episode are really just almost there to be sort of a backdrop against which to illustrate how much more family Bobby has been all along. Yeah, Sam, um, Samuel has Samuel has that uh, that crack at Bobby about you're the guy pretending to be their father. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right away with someone has to. Yeah, and and to me it's really Bobby's episode and um, I mean Rufus is also there but he's he's there as another member of Bobby's troubled 
family with its ugly, dark past. Um, and so I just, to me, that's, that's what the episode means to me. It's, it's the thing that really stands out. And Jim Beaver does a phenomenal job. So, um, I would give it ordinarily probably a seven out of 10 for like plot comment or content, Mm -hmm. but I'm giving it an extra point for Bobby development and an extra point for finally killing off the Campbells. (laughs) (laughs) So it's getting a nine out of 10 characters who are finally dead. Yay. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So good to have you back again. And <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking you... I have to look up the list of what else is free down the line. Sure, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely welcome, back, welcome you back at any time. Yeah, good times. Hopefully uh, after you've uh, finished a shift at the library. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Very good. Very Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, and I hope that... You know, you guys really do stick with it. I know that Yvette is kind of sometimes like, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, thing, things happen. And I think if you keep going with the clusters, then you'll get less discouraged. You know, honestly, I, I can't imagine watching this show in real time for oh, 10 yeah. years. <laughs> because it, it helps tremendously that that all of us are like a family and we all like hanging out with each other. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Pretty much whatever the show can throw at us, it's like, we're all in this together, so what do you got? You know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. So- and I will say for the record before we go that I like Sam's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, there's some crack about, like, Sam's friggin' hair, Sam's lame ass hair. And I'm like, it, it looks good on him. Leave him alone. Just, you know, I just want him to cut it. That's it. all. I it. usually fine. like it. There's just certain he's, episodes where I'm like, oh my god, what is going on there? <laughs> yeah, in the earlier seasons where he's got those like flippy wings, kind of like, oh. But you know, <laughs> I think he's a he's a big hot dude with flowing hair, and what's not to like, man? I don't know. So. It's, it's the Farrah Fawcett flip back. I just can't. I can't get over it. <laughs> Ah, so that's my last right. my last piece. <laughs> and speaking of what's coming up, John, what is our homework for next time? Next week we have another Nubentary episode. This will be for season six, episode seventeen, My Heart Will Go On. Oh dear. Oh, the jewel of the oh, ocean. Oh dear. <laughs> or whatever it's called. We're gonna Heart of the we're, Ocean. We're gonna ocean. rearrange some deck deck chairs and Someone's going to get season six. All right. Well, uh, until we get to that, um, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for participating today. And happy hunting. Yeah. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Bye. You've been listening to Idiotcast from quadruplez.com. Join the discussion at facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at borrowedtrouble.com. 
Lyrics and vocals by Idgicast's founder, Allie Jones, who you can find out all about at imthewonderband.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net, and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash user slash sofa dogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. Quadruple Z.com.